Hiya, and welcome back to Philosophy, the podcast where I talk about whatever I want. In this episode today, I am going to be answering um, a question that was asked to me actually on my YouTube channel, which was around confidence. And it's a very simple question, but it is something that I do think about a lot by myself too. So I thought, you know, let's let's jump into it and let me just share kind of um, my thoughts around this topic, if they are interesting to anyone and kind of what my opinions are around it and kind of how I approach this topic of confidence in general and where I am on my confidence journey. So it might just be fun perhaps to explore this thing with me if you're into that sort of thing. So yeah, that's what we are going to be talking about today, kind of overcoming self-doubt and, um, you know, getting self-confidence to do the things that we think that we might want to do. So let's talk about that, shall we? <laughs> um, so for context, I think I sit on the spectrum of having a lot of self-doubt. Um, I think I I would describe myself, honestly, as quite an insecure person. And people who genuinely know me know that I'm a very insecure person. But um, I think somehow that is not that obvious online, which is good, which is good. Um, I, I, I am trying to be better at this thing and I have been working on it. So it's great that it, it doesn't show perhaps as much online. And there's very specific insecurities that I have that perhaps at some point, um, I'll be willing to share. But anyways, uh, I do think that I said somehow, somewhere on the insecure side of the spectrum and some things that I haven't talked about on this channel before is perhaps how, um, naturally introverted I am and how extremely introverted I have been in the past and kind of, my my own thoughts around myself and my own thoughts around my behavior um, are things that, of course, uh, people wouldn't know. And um, kind of the the mental exercises that I need to do to function sometimes even on a like average or basic level um, are are quite intense. Uh, it's not it's not. It, living a, a normal life, as in you know, socializing maybe a few times a month and um, kind of being online, I guess is not that average, but being online to some extent. So a normal life for me, socializing a few times a month and being online and um, kind of talking to people and making new friends and being out there is not something that comes naturally to me. Um, it's not something that I, even though hopefully it does kind of um, it does happen and it can look uh, normal on the outside. It's genuinely <laughs> a lot of mental um, aerobics that I need to do on the inside to put myself in a position to do these things. And a lot of these things are coming more and more laterally to me now because I genuinely, and this is like the crux of the whole thing, you act one way and then you become that way. And I genuinely, uh, genuinely believe that. And I might touch upon that a bit more um, in a moment, but I'll start with kind of how to how to get started on this path, in my opinion, and 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 what I do and kind of the best way that I've kind of discovered for um, having a bit more self-confidence to do the things that we want to do. So um, I've touched upon this topic a bit before on kind of being concerned about what others think about me and especially the fact that I am quite concerned about what others think I think about myself. And I've talked about this in a previous podcast where um, the general notion of that is that the, one of the things I'm very insecure about is people thinking that I think that um, I am, uh, you know, good at 
the things that I do or people thinking that I think that I'm dressed well or people thinking that I think that I look good or people thinking that I think that I'm funny because I make a joke and I tend to overthink this a lot and in the past it used to be very difficult for me to be kind of natural or myself um, so I would altogether avoid many social situations because I would tend to go down this path of overthinking of being like oh I can't say this joke because then what if it's not funny but other people think that I thought it was funny so they're going to think I have a bad sense of humor or that I'm an attention seeker or something so um, I because I naturally can overthink um, a lot uh, it does make it very difficult I think to have especially if you're a bit insecure and you're an overthinker that's a very difficult uh, combination of things that makes social situations quite difficult so social situations is one thing but as you grow older as an and uh, when you adult there are more things at stake than simple social situations. If you're an awkward child in school, I mean, that's fine. Your teachers are going to ask you questions to involve you. You're going to be divided into groups and therefore you have to socialize to some extent. And, um, you know, you you apply for things and it's fine. Like you do get by being a very quiet and shy child, which I think was the case for me. But I think as an adult, things are a bit harder. Um, if you are a you know, very, very shy and socially awkward, dating is difficult. Um, finding and maintaining friends as an adult, especially if you tend to move around the world quite a bit, as I've done, it's very difficult if you're really shy. Um, finding a good job for yourself and making friends at that new job is very difficult if you are um, socially awkward and a bit shy or if you lack self-confidence. Um, if you're overthinking things and you end up not going out with your work colleagues, that will kind of impact both your work life and your personal life potentially. And because I I genuinely do think that it's not only our thoughts and feelings that uh, that dictate our actions, but also our actions that therefore dictate our feelings. So it becomes this vicious cycle of, you know, I'm not confident, so I can't go to this party. And therefore I didn't go to this party, so I don't have friends and I'm not confident. And when does that really end and when does that stop? And I think it's a very, very difficult cycle to break out of. Um, some things that I wanted to make on the, some notes that I wanted to make in this, I think this will be targeted at people that are like a few levels uh, before me. So where I used to be a few years ago, I think that's the level I'm going to be discussing because yeah, if you're already confident, oh, give me tips, please. Um, but I think there were a few things that I, um, that I realized regarding this topic. And the first one of them is around that notion of creating an identity and a very solid identity around who we are and then therefore sticking to that identity for a longer time. Especially if you're an overthinker, um, you can't suddenly change your personality and go, oh, I'm going to go be outgoing and go to the next party because everyone thinks I'm shy. So already just these things can very, very quickly spiral um, into a situation where we're like, we're set in the personality that we think we've created. And something that I tend to find, I, I, I didn't really have this, but I did notice a lot of people around me who I felt were quite similar, um, constantly have this notion of, you know, it's, it's too late. You know, I can't make friends now. It's too late. And um, I would hear this a lot, especially in university. I would hear this a lot when people said, oh, you know, I, but when does it end really? You know, because people say, oh, I came to university a month late. It's too late. Everyone already has friends. Or I skipped, you know, the, the first week of uni 
where people were bonding and going to parties, it's too late, I can't make friends. Um, and yet, on the other hand, there's like exchange students who come to a school for like one month at the end of the year, and they end up making stronger friendships than I'd ever made. And then there's people who join university in the second year, and they end up making stronger friendships. And there's people who join jobs. So I don't think it's necessarily, yes, you know, maybe it's easier to meet people when everyone is in a mindset of being open and wanting to create friendships. But it doesn't mean that it's impossible. And especially if your identity is very closely tied around being kind of shy and introverted and um, not having around a lot of security around your social prowess, then it does become difficult and a bit self-fulfilling to say, I'm not going to do this because I can't. And then it's too late for me to do this. I didn't do it because I couldn't. And this just goes round and round and round in circles. And then the question becomes, how do we break the cycle? And I think I've done a lot of work on this in many different ways. Um, I've, I do try and I still do try. Um, I think there's two levels to this. I think level one is understanding why you feel the way you do and this I would say is unnecessary (laughs) um I love it I think this is the funnest part but it's I don't think it is something that you need in order to change I do think that you do things and then you become those things and there's this very funny story of I'm really jumping in circles sorry but I I want to go on this tangent because there's this funny story of when does a man become a priest which kind of goes along the lines, if you have a normal person, you know, just like a devout Christian, let's say, and they decide that they want to become a priest, when do they become a priest? Um, If they decided that they want to be one now and they just, you know, moved to a church, a monastery, I don't know where priests live, but if they moved um, to where they were supposed to move and if they decided to do all the priestly things and they were just, you know, reading scripture and they were being devout and they were living according to um, what they were supposed to do, when do they start becoming a priest? Is it, you know, 20 years down the line? Is it 10 years? Is it three months? Is it six months? Is it the day that they decide to do these things? There is no point between being a normal ass person off the street and being a priest that you become a priest necessarily. It's not like you graduate and you get this diploma and you are a priest now. It's basically the second that you decide you are one and you behave like one. And for as long as you're behaving like one, you are a priest, if that makes sense. And I think this story kind of ties, at least for me, ties closely into many aspects of my identity um, in that if I decided right now that I am, and I'm not saying that this is an easy thing to do or something that I recommend because it's probably not sustainable, I'd be very distressing. If I suddenly decided that I am a very confident person and very extroverted and I started in every single social situation that I was, I acted extroverted and confident and social how could anyone say that I wasn't? Like it wouldn't, even people who knew me, they'd be like, she's clearly changed. Because if that's what I did in every situation forever, I would be that person overnight. I don't think that's sustainable or advisable, but in general, there is, we are our actions, I believe. And therefore, if we just behaved a certain way, so if there was a behavior change, I think the problem would be resolved immediately. I'm going to go into some ways that I like I kind of cause that behavior change when I want to, that I found quite helpful and easy. Um, But on the other hand, there's also that deeper understanding that I think, especially if we are like overthinkers and insecure, um, where we can't just be like, oh, I can't just ignore all these thoughts and feelings that I've had all my life. I can't constantly ignore the voice in my head telling me I can't do these things and I'm not good enough for these things and just suddenly do them. Like if that was the case, I would have done that whenever. So that becomes quite difficult to do. So I think that there is value in self-exploration, especially guided self-exploration. I think therapy helps so much. I love therapy. Um, I And 
yeah definitely something I would recommend if especially if you're the kind of person who enjoys um kind of thinking and talking about why things are the way they are um why you feel the way you do philosophy hashtag philosophy um but if you enjoy that kind of thing then I think therapy really helps and perhaps there is there is value there in then kind of um yeah exploring your mind and exploring how you came to be the way you are and what are the reasons behind that and perhaps you having that understanding can help change things and can help you reframe things in your mind but on the practical level I think that is the most important part the the most important part is the practice of how do how do you actually take action and how do you actually change things with your behavior and this is I think where um the, the, the thing that I tend to do and this will sound completely mental I'm sorry. Um, but the thing that I try to do is I um, I depersonalize myself from a situation and from myself quite a lot. And I've, I've found that this is really, really helpful. And what I mean by this is, and I read this phrase somewhere and it really, really captured this very well. So it captured it a lot better than I can put it into words myself. So I'm just going to use their words. Um, and I think it said something along the lines of, I am not always the person who lives my life but sometimes I am an observer of the person who lives my life. And I think this just captures things very, very beautifully um, in that that's that's genuinely what I tend to do. Um, so if, if there's a situation wherein I don't feel that I have the confidence to do something, and this could be to walk up to talk to someone, this could be to ask a question to someone that I'm just burning to know, but I'm just overthinking what they'll think about me if I ask the question. Um, if it's, you know, putting out a weird video if it's going to a party if it's wearing something um that I'm not comfortable with <laughs> hashtag not black um yeah I need to do it for that actually um but yeah if it's if it's anything along those lines that it's something big or small and I can feel that I have all these thoughts and I have all these like ugh, this overwhelming amount of kind of insecurity around this action that's making me overthink things I can't step out of it then what I do is I just completely step out of the situation and I'm like okay I recognize that this girl Elizabeth is having these thoughts and I see what's going on here you're a mess so let's just ignore that and let's just put you in this situation nonetheless and I'll just step back and see how Elizabeth reacts and I tend to do this quite often um it's a lot easier to do if you're on your own and like you get a text um saying that hey let's hang out for example and I will tend to do that thing where I go okay let's let's see let's see how Elizabeth will react let's put Elizabeth in the situation and she watch see what she does it I told you it sounds crazy I'm really sorry but I, I think it does help in that case because you tend to detach from everything um and you are no longer the person who thinks these thoughts you're the observer of the person who thinks these negative thoughts you're the observer of the overthinker and you are not the overthinker you tend to be this rational person who can go hey let's see what happens to you. Let's put you in the situation. So I tend to do, um, I tend to do that thing. And obviously this is not introspective at this point. At this point, it's just very action-based, but I do think that there are times that we just need to, to, to take action. And this is a good way that I can kind of step, make myself step into things. And whenever I'm given opportunities or whenever I'm told to, or asked to do things, or whenever I want to do something that I'm not too sure about, and I'm starting to overthink about the potential consequences and what this will do to me or do for me, I'll just think that and go, okay, let's just do it and see how you'll react to this, Elizabeth. And of course, this, there are a lot of issues here like obviously you need to be safe and uh, and you know secure and this is not just oh just leave your job or just put yourself in a place where you are in physical danger obviously not these sort of things but when we are playing when I'm playing with my emotional um 
stability or my emotional safety, I tend to gamble a lot more now than I used to in the past. Um, and that's mostly because I do have a lot more defense mechanisms and a lot more healthy coping mechanisms than I used to have before. Um, I know that there are people there who care for me. I know that um, I can recognize a lot of my toxic thought patterns and see them for what they are, which is just like a habit and not actually true. Um, I know that I, um, should I need like help or should I need someone to step in? I know where to go and who to call. So I do have all of these things in place that then give me the freedom to go, I see how you're thinking and I don't like it. And I don't have time to do this right now because this is like years of understanding and behavioral change. And I cannot afford that right now. So how about you just do this thing that you hate and let's just see how you react to it because chances are you're going to be fine. And you know, the thing is chances are I'm, I'm always fine. I'm literally always fine. I'm, I tend to get like uncomfortable and my heart rate might go up and I might blush and I might feel like, you know, awful when I'm doing the thing. But in the end, I always, always feel great. And I think that's where I get my confidence. I get my confidence from stepping out of myself and going, hmm, how will Elizabeth deal with this? Or like, oh, I think I've left you. Like if, if, if I have the space to overthink about, you know, my insecurities, I've clearly let myself be a bit too comfortable. So I'll go, you know what? Let's mess it up. Let's mess it up. You've been too comfortable. Let's see what happens and let's push you into the situation. And it tends to work out quite well, I think for me. Um, of course, given a level of emotional stability at the time, um, if I'm extremely distressed, I will not play these sort of games with my emotions because that will probably not end up in a very good place and it might hurt me a lot more in the long run. But given a certain level of emotional stability and comfort, I will go, let's mess it up and let's see what will happen. Um, and I think another huge benefit that comes out of this is do we do things actually determines a lot of our identity and how we feel about ourselves. And there was this great study with police that showed that when police were addressed as civilians, um, police crime dropped by about aggressive police crime towards civilians dropped by about 50%. Um, so it, the theory is that being dressed in this authoritarian, like blue suits gave them a power that they could abuse a lot easier um, compared to just dressing like normal civilians, dress like a civilian and you'll act like a civilian. Um, and it, this shows itself again and again in many different things. Again, still with clothes, when people wear black, and I just read this, yesterday and I was a bit I don't know how I feel about this study but um, there there was a study that showed that when people wore black they tended to be a lot more authoritarian and aggressive even if just their characters in 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 um kind of uh in games were dressed in black then they would behave more aggressive with those characters than if they were dressed in any other color and if you start behaving like you're confident you will become confident and there were oh, there were quite a few studies that I was reading on this on this this idea that we are not defined by who we are but our actions define who we think we are and then we act in those ways and then we just lock those patterns in um so oh there was this great study where people were um divided into two groups and one of uh, in one group um people were given they were said that they would have the option of either eating a worm or of just lifting a weight that was not too heavy. And they would have to gamble um, to see which one they would get. So it would be a completely random choice. And in both groups, these gambling, the gambling was not leg legitimate, like it was predetermined, but the people didn't know. And half of the people were given the worm and half of the people were given the weights. And then people were told that they can switch. And they found that when people were given the worm, they about 20% only of people switched because they felt that, oh, I'm such an unlucky person. I must deserve this worm. That was the theory. Um, 
rather than when people were given the weight, just no one was switching to the worm at all because they obviously thought that that's just an unpleasant activity. So um, there was a lot of follow-up studies that were done that kind of um, controlled for a lot more uh, variables and factors there. But the, the crux of the matter is, if you believe that you are an unlucky person, you will stop changing your fate. Um, you will just accept what is given to you. If you start believing that you are a non-confident person, then you then you'll act like you're not a confident person. If you um, if you believe that you are that you are a bad person and that you deserve bad things then when bad things happen to you you will start to take less action against them and you will feel as though you deserve these things so we our behaviors determine our personalities just as much as our personality determines our personality if that makes sense and things tend to be tend to change and be changeable a lot more than um, I think we give ourselves credit for. We can change our behavior within a few minutes. Like in a few social experiments, people can be made to feel insecure. People can be made to feel confident um, just by doing different things. That people were asked to write down their positive uh, and negative traits. So people were asked to write their negative traits down with their non-dominant hand and write their negative traits down with their dominant hand. And writing them down with their non-dominant hand made people more confident because their handwriting was worse. And they could see that like they were not as convinced that these things were true rather than writing these down with their dom dominant hand. And if if it can even be tiny, tiny little things like this that can affect our confidence, then huge actions of actually doing things that we on one level want to do, but feel that we are too scared to do must be so much easier to change. So this was a very messy way of me saying that one, I don't think you need to be confident to start doing confident things. I don't think that you need to really understand why you have lack of confidence to do confident things, although you probably should because life is fun when you start to understand all the ways that you're messed up. It's really cool. Um, and I do think that an easy way to kind of within a few seconds give yourself the confidence to do something is to step out of yourself and it's something that you can train and learn to do better and better and I think I'm quite good at doing this where if I'm really overwhelmed by like my emotions in any situation I'll be like okay I'm done like I'm just stepping out Elizabeth can feel these I'm just seeing what Elizabeth is doing and even that one step back helps me kind of process things a lot better and putting things in the third person rather than I'm going through these things I'm just observing the person who is going through these things, which is myself. Um, so yeah, um, I will do that quite a bit. I don't know if that's great advice. It's literally, I don't even know if it's advice. I think it's more kind of what I do. But this this situation of like, oh, if you're terrified of doing something, just yeah, just just think, okay, let's do it and then see how you react. And then we'll deal with you later is kind of um, kind of the way that I get myself to do, again, just talking about positive things here, just talking about things that you would genuinely, genuinely want to do but don't have the confidence to do at the moment so this is how I how I get the confidence to put myself out there and how I get my confidence to do things chances are in my mind I'm likely completely detached from the situation at least at the start of it and then I start to ease in and feel better and if you catch yourself halfway through a behavior or an action or a conversation or a situation that you would think only confident people would be doing then you start to think I think that you are a confident person and just building up your identity slowly in that way, I think helps. So yes, that was my 20 minute answer to how I'm a confident person or how I tend to act like a confident person. So yeah, I hope that helped. Thank you so much for listening or watching me. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Be kind to yourself and others and don't believe everything you think. Thanks. Bye.